0: Hey everybody, welcome to Christ Community, I am Tony.
1: And I'm Jenny, Tony, happy Easter. Happy
0: Easter to you, sister, yes, Yes. and to all of you as well.
1: Yes, we are glad that you guys are tuned in today. Hey, uh, be sure to connect with us on our Facebook page. We're doing a lot of stuff on there. We're doing some stuff for our kids, um, for our Tiny Tots, for our CC students. Um, There's lots of different groups that we have um, on there. You can go to our website, and we have a whole list of all of our Facebook groups um, that you can be a part of throughout the week and uh, during the weekend services.
0: So speaking of ways that we're trying to help, you know, everybody engage with each other, uh, Alpha is coming uh, this week on Tuesday. We're we're starting an Alpha class that will actually be engaging over Zoom, uh, and uh, you can sign up for that on our website. Now, if you don't know what Alpha is, it's a it's a, been a gathering where people have shared food, which you know we can't do that right now, but where um, it's it's safe to talk about spiritual things, questions that maybe you've had. Uh, that maybe, you know, say you're a new believer or you've been a Christian your whole life and you just want to engage in some of these topics, it's a very safe place and it's a wonderful place to establish community, make some friends. Uh, I've heard some amazing stories about people having just incredible relationships that were established just around a table talking about questions that they've got about their faith. So if that's interesting to you, uh, check that out on our website.
2: Yes.
1: Also, next week, we are going to be starting a new sermon series, um, really diving into finding peace in the midst of a storm, which we are all in right now. Um, So very relevant, I would say. Uh, And our teaching team is going to be going through um, the book of Philippians, especially in chapter four, and um, really seeing where the apostle Paul is experiencing peace, no matter the circumstances. And so we're really excited to kind of Dive into that together, um, and hopefully share in community with that together as well.
0: So, uh, as we're kind of closing up announcements here, we want to leave you with something fun. Uh, we we. Uh, throughout the staff team, spoke with a couple of uh, us and just wanted to put a small video together. All of us are kind of going crazy in our own way, right? We're just acting a little differently (laughs) as this quarantine has gone on. Uh, Some of the staff got together and we created a a video short for you. We're gonna leave you with this and so we tell you, we hope you have a wonderful service uh, and a a wonderful week with your family, uh, families. Um, But yeah, these are just some of our thoughts. this is, you know, when the quarantine goes on just a bit too long.
1: Enjoy. I knew the quarantine had gone on too long when I went on vacation in one of our extra rooms.
3: You know, you're in quarantine too long when the Snickers still don't work.
4: Still a diva. I knew the quarantine had gone on too long when I started singing Zoom by, all oh my lord.
1: Zoom by all You know you've been on quarantine too long when you start daydreaming about Target trips. Maybe I've already always done that.
2: (laughs) When your children's new teacher suddenly triples recess.
1: I knew the quarantine had gone on too long when on Facebook I
0: actually wanted to start responding to those messages that people sent me telling me to forward them to 10 people just so that I could have
3: some human interaction. Kind of. I knew that quarantine had gone on too long when I became so obsessed with beating this board game. And I did. Multiple times. Online, with my friends. Hey, we saved the world. Kind of.
0: I knew the quarantine had gone on too long when I realized I went from three square meals a day to about seven meals of uh, wheat thins and pepsi.
3: I knew quarantine had gone on too long when I started joining video meetings as a potato. When I started showing up for work,
4: dressed like this, I haven't worn pants in weeks.
2: Oh, that's good. Thank you, guys. We needed that. Aren't we all experiencing quarantine in all sorts of unique ways? We're in this same boat together, huh? Well, my name is Mariana, and I'm part of the communications team and uh, teaching team here. And it's so good to be with you today. It's Easter. He is risen, and my heart is so filled with joy that we serve a God who is not dead, but he's here with us, he's here with me, and he's there with you, and we celebrate that today. That makes the whole difference, that he overcame death. And I want to welcome all of you that are choosing to spend this time with us. You know, it's funny that the building is closed, but this online church experience, has allowed us to go to places that we couldn't go before and maybe you're here joining us today maybe that's you who are tuning in from all over the country or all over the world and we want to welcome you we're so glad that you're here with us and to all of you if you are here in the building we would chat with you in the lobby and connect with you and pray for you in the prayer station but Even though we're not physically together, we still want to have that connection with you today. So if you're watching this on our YouTube broadcast, there are pastors on our live chat right now that want to, they would love to talk with you. If you have any questions, you can send them questions or your prayer requests or talk with them. We would love to connect with you that way. And also your prayer requests, you can always email requests to us on our website at uh, info at cccgreeley.org. And also send us messages on Facebook. We want to get to know you, whoever you are tuning in, that we wanna welcome you in person. And, you know, during this time that we're going to spend together in God's word and and worshiping him, maybe God will be stirring in your heart a desire to partner with what he's doing here. You know, like I said, it's an, an interesting uh, fact that we are being able to do ministry maybe even more than before in this online platform. And it's beautiful to see the places that God is taking us. So during this time that we have together, if God is putting in your heart a stirring to, to partner with what he is doing here, you have the chance to do so. We, we have a giving link under this video. And you can also go to our website at uh, cccgreely.org slash give, and you can partner with God's work through Christ Community. And uh, besides that, we also have a fund that we have created called COVID-19 Fund. And that's another opportunity that you have to give. And this fund is for uh, helping families and people that are in need during this time because of this crisis. So we have this fund that you can designate your offering specific to this so this can be utilized to support families that are in need during this time. And we're so aware of these great needs around us and around the world. So as we go into worship, I want to invite you to pray with me right now so we can lift up these people and we can um, center our hearts and uh, prepare our hearts to experience Jesus together right now. So let's pray. Father, we want to present our hearts to you right now. And Jesus, the needs are so great, but we know a God who is greater and you're the one who we seek today. And I want to lift up all my friends that are here with me right now online. Father, maybe some of us are struggling with stress today. Some are struggling with boredom. I want to lift up those that are having a great time with their family, but also those that are deeply wrestling with what seems like every relationship. Father, I want to lift up those that are home, wishing that they had a job to go to, and those that wish they could stay home but they have to go out to their job. Father, I lift up those that are alone, those that are overwhelmed, those that are maybe having the time of their lives enjoying this quiet, but also those that are maybe fighting to survive each day. Jesus, may we all find in you what we are longing for. May we find in you what our hearts are looking for. We want to be satisfied in you this morning, Jesus, because you are a God who provides. You are a God who heals. You are the God of breakthrough. You are the God of peace. You are the God of love. And we seek you today with all of our hearts. And we worship you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Let's worship him.
3: everyone, so glad you are joining us uh, for this Easter celebration, which is uh, unlike any Easter that any of us have ever experienced. Rather than coming to a church building, we are sheltering in place in our own homes. But regardless of where we are, we are together in spirit, connected via technology, in order to celebrate the truth that Jesus Though Jesus was crucified on a cross and buried in a cold, dark tomb, on the third day he rose from the dead. He is risen. Now, I have done a lot of Easter sermons over the years, but I can't think of an Easter where the truth of those three words, he is risen, is more needed, and yet honestly, where the experience of those three words is more confusing what do these three words he has risen mean to us today in the midst of this COVID-19 situation that we find ourselves in? I mean, what, what do these three words mean to those who have lost jobs or those who are battling this virus or, or, or those who have jobs that actually put them in direct contact with people who have the virus and they find themselves battling fear every day? What do these three words mean to parents who feel overwhelmed with the stress of teaching their kids multiple classes at at home, in addition to everything else going on in their lives. What do these three words mean to us today in the midst of this pandemic that has already robbed us of so much in terms of our physical and emotional well-being, our financial security, as well as our ability to experience so many of the things that we enjoy I mean, here it is, Easter Sunday, and yet honestly, it feels more like Good Friday. It was on Good Friday that the disciples of Jesus felt lost and hopeless, fearful regarding their future as they watched their Savior and their dreams die right before their eyes. Honestly, that feels more like our reality. Right now, our hearts are filled with all sorts of emotions, grief, loss, anxiety, frustration, stress, discouragement, despair, maybe even a sense of hopelessness. I mean, just saying he is risen doesn't make any of our current circumstances go away. So again, this question, what difference does Easter really make in terms of the suffering we are experiencing right now? Years ago, I used to play a lot of tennis And at one point, I bought these tennis sunglasses. Pretty cool, I know. Um, Obviously, I didn't buy them for fashion. But I bought them because these sunglasses have a a filter built into the lens that actually filters out certain parts of the light spectrum. And what, what happens is that it causes the color yellow to stand out. So, when I would wear these glasses playing tennis, the tennis ball would be more clear, and all the other things would fade into the background, enabling me to focus on what really mattered, on hitting that ball. I feel like that's a a picture of what Easter can be for us today. The reality of a risen Savior provides a lens through which we can view. Our current suffering, so that we can focus on what really matters, on what God is wanting to do in us in this current unique situation. So, recently on social media, people were posting pictures of themselves at home, bored to death, you know, with the hashtag until tomorrow. You know, it's like we're sitting around waiting for this thing to pass. But when we put on an Easter lens, we suddenly realize that there are things God wants to do in us in this season, things that probably wouldn't be happening if life was just going on as usual. Honestly, God can do some of his most powerful work in us in times of suffering and difficulty if we're willing to see our current reality through an Easter lens, Okay, so what is God wanting to do in us in this challenging season of suffering? Well, we find the answer to that question in a passage the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Jesus followers in Rome who were in the midst of suffering, and God wanted them to see their suffering through an Easter lens. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, feel free to turn to the book of Romans chapter 8, Beginning in verse 18, if you don't have any of those things, no worries. We'll have the words on the screen. So in this passage, God reveals two things that our current suffering enables us to experience more deeply if we view it through an Easter lens. So first of all, God wants to refocus our hope. To refocus our hope. One of the, one of the prevailing emotions that many of us are, are, are experiencing at various times in this season is this, this experience, this feeling of hopelessness, of despair. I mean, as the date for the end of the situation just keeps getting extended by leaders and experts, it's easy for us to feel this sense of hopelessness. Will this ever get any better? Now, now, now when we begin to put a, an Easter lens on this feeling of hopelessness, we realize that our experience of hopelessness is directly related to the object of our hope. For example... A month ago, if we would have been heading into March Madness, I would have felt completely hopeless because my K-State Wildcats had a terrible season and were not even close to being invited to the tournament. But I had plenty of friends whose hope was sky high going into that same tournament because their team had had a great season. See, our experience of hope or hopelessness is completely dependent upon one thing, the object of our hope. What are we placing our hope in? So with that in mind, check out what Paul says to these people who are being persecuted for their faith and experiencing all sorts of hardship. He writes this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently, patiently. See, what Paul is pointing out is that in the midst of suffering, we are sort of forced to face this all-important question. Where am I putting my hope? Where am I putting my hope? And we really have two options. Look again at verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So one option that Paul points out is here is that we, that, 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 that our hope, we can place our hope in our present circumstances. In this situation to blow over quickly, in a vaccine to be developed, in the economy recovering quickly, in our 401k rebounding, in our ability to stay healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, this is where I find myself you know, going frequently. I'm just looking for some good news. Right? I'm just looking for some news that something is actually getting better. I mean, a few weeks ago, kind of early on in this crisis, there there was some news like that occasionally, and I would feel better. I would I would feel hopeful. But more recently, the news has not been good. As we all know, the news has not been good. The projections for how long this will last just keep getting extended longer and longer. The stock market has plummeted and is varying all over the place. And And so when I hear news like that, I end up sort of just moping around in, dis- in in despair. I'm placing my hope in the latest news, or in the stock market, or in our leaders' decisions, etc. Which which really it puts me on this roller coaster of of hope and then hopelessness and hope and hopelessness. I, I feel like I'm on this roller coaster. But there's another option in which to place our hope—a much more stable option. Look again at verse eighteen. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, I know this word glory has sort of a, a religious feel to it, you know, so we, so we kind of tend to skip over this, but it's a very significant word for us to understand. See, that this word glory is used in the Bible to describe the brilliance, the splendor, the awesomeness, the fullness of God. And yet here Paul is using this word to describe us, not in our current reality, but in a reality a reality that is to come. See one day Paul says, this glory will be revealed in us through Jesus. In other words, we will experience what we were created to experience, this, this wholeness of being, this, this absolute fullness of life. I mean, that's what we all long for, right? But we long to be whole, but we live in a world that is filled with brokenness and viruses and sickness and death. So Paul is saying that that longing within you for wholeness is a really good thing. It's a really good thing, but just realize that longing will never be fully met in you and me until heaven. So don't place your hope on things in this world as as if they will satisfy that longing because they won't. They don't. Now, deep down, we all know this to be the case, I mean, when we're honest, right? That that latest purchase, or, or the latest good news, or the number of likes we got on Facebook, or our investments increasing, all those things are like dopamine hits that temporarily boost our feelings of hope, but that wears off really quickly, so then we need another hit. We need more social media likes, or a, more things, or a newer whatever Again, this longing within us for wholeness is a God-given thing. It's a good thing. It's a God-given thing. The problem is we often spend our lives trying to find that wholeness, that glory from things here on earth, and they they don't deliver. They can't deliver. When I was like 10 years old, my family took a road trip to, to Disneyland. I'd never been there before. And as we're driving along in western Kansas on our way, you know, I'm, I'm looking out the window of our paneled station wagon. You know, don't you, don't you miss those, you know? And I, and I see this sign saying, See the largest gopher in the world, 20 miles ahead. And then a few miles later, I see another sign come see the world's only 2,000-pound gopher. And I'm like, Dad, we got to stop. You know, I got to see this. So I plead with him to take the exit, and we pull into the parking lot, and he pays for me to go in. And so I I rush through the doors into this kind of backyard area, and I find myself standing in front of an 8-foot-tall, 2,000-pound concrete gopher. I mean, talk about disappointment. Here I was on my way to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, and yet I was chasing after the promise of a 2,000-pound rodent. I was trading the wonder of Disneyland for a concrete gopher, and we do the same thing. God has promised us in Jesus a glorious future beyond what we could ever imagine The hope of a new body, a whole body and a new life that's no longer bound by the decay of this world. Disneyland times a million. But we often get seduced by road signs promising us life and glory in the present. And we keep choosing to put our hope in concrete gophers. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Weight of Glory, writes... We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the ocean. We are far too easily pleased. See, where are we placing our hope? Are we too easily satisfied with what this world offers us because we can't imagine the glory God promises us beyond this life? Don't miss the powerful thing God wants to do in you and in me in this season of suffering. He wants you and me to refocus our hope on Jesus The only one capable of satisfying our deepest longing for a glorious future. Don't settle for anything less than that. Well, the second thing God wants to do in us in this season of suffering as we view it through an Easter lens is to restore our confidence, to restore our confidence. Look with me at verse 31. Of Romans chapter eight, at this point in the passage, Paul Paul's adrenaline starts to rise. You know he, he he's getting worked up in a good way. He realizes that there is something there is something about our current suffering that that uniquely enables us to step into a way of living in the present, a way of living that he describes as being more than conquerors. So we're going we're gonna get there in a moment. But look at how he begins this last section of Romans eight. What then shall we say in response to these things? In other words, what is our response to to all these challenges that we're facing? Well, how about this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? For us, see, Paul is describing here. He is expressing the true wonder of the cross and the resurrection of Christ. God gave us His Son as a precious gift to us. You see, when when you place your trust in Jesus, at that moment your status before God completely changes. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. In other words, there is no failure. There is no sin. There is no weakness that can keep you from him. God is for you. And as Paul says here, if this God is for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. It doesn't matter who in your past said you'd never amount to anything. It doesn't matter who has rejected you. It doesn't matter what failures you've experienced. In Christ, these things have no real power over us any longer. But it's not only our past that this reality speaks to, it's also our present. Check out what Paul says next, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or coronaviruses, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. You know, in the past, when I would read that pa- this passage, those very wor- words, those very verses, when I would read that passage, I would sort of skip over that last line about facing death all day long because it didn't feel relevant. Well, I'm not skipping it anymore. That This is a powerful description of our reality right now. Trouble, hardship, danger, death. And Paul is asking a very important question. Do any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? And Paul answered, his answer is clear. Verse 37, no, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Notice he doesn't say in spite of all these things we are more than conquerors. No, no, no. He says in all these things we are more than conquerors. Paul is urging us to see ourselves in a new way. We are not victims We are not living at the mercy of whatever the latest news happens to be. We are not just muddling through life, occasionally praying to a distant God who couldn't care less. No, we are more than conquerors. None of these things, no matter how hard or painful or frustrating or challenging or life-altering they are, none of these things change in any way our highly favored status before God because of the resurrection of Jesus. You see, Paul urges us to confidently live in this more than conqueror's reality. Well, how do we do that? By by truly understanding how valuable and how real God's love for us is. And Paul's not done describing it. I mean, check out the next few verses. For I am convinced, I'm confident, he's saying, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow, and Paul is describing this inner conviction, a confidence in God's love in the present, no matter what we are facing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our risen Lord. No virus, No stock market crash, no diagnosis, no job loss, no demonic power, not even death itself. Nothing that this world throws at us can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, Jesus' resurrection says, I love you more powerfully than anything else in all creation. And here's the ultimate irony. Our current suffering gives us the opportunity to experience this love in a deeper way than ever before. Our current reality gives us an opportunity to experience this love in a deeper way than ever before. Look, I've read and I've quoted this passage from Romans 8 hundreds of times over the course of my life. But never have these words been more meaningful to me as they are right now. Because we are living at a time when we're experiencing fear about the future. We're living at a time when we're experiencing situations of life and death. We are living in a time when we're experiencing the unleashing of panic and despair. And Paul is urging us to rise up in the midst of all of that and to live in the confidence that our God is for us. This God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. This God is for you. He is for you, which means there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate you from his love that is found in Christ. Now, those last two words are really important. They make all of what we've been talking about accessible to us. A restored hope, a renewed confidence in God's boundless love. Those are amazing realities that are ours to experience, but they are not found in our own strength, Or our own ability to manage life or to maintain control. No, they are found in Christ alone, in this Jesus who died on the cross in our place, and then who rose from the dead to defeat once and for all our experience of hopelessness and isolation. He is risen. I want to live in that reality today, and I know you do as well. So let's choose to put on these Easter lenses. Place your trust in Jesus, your hope in Jesus, and live in the confidence and the fullness of his never-ending, inseparable love for you. Amen. Let's, Let's pray together. So wherever you're at, emotionally, spiritually, physically, I want to invite you right now just to, to quiet your heart and to, just to embrace a heart posture of response. What is God saying to you right now? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? And let, let me ask it this way. Where, where are you placing your hope? Where are you placing your hope? Jesus invites you to place your hope and trust in him. He is for you. He longs for you to experience life in him, a life that is not bound to past failures or present circumstances, a love that forgives you completely and offers you an eternal relationship with him. Now, for some of you watching this, you know that is exactly what you long for. And if that's you, if you long for that relationship with God in Christ, I invite you, I invite you to place your trust in Jesus and receive his forgiveness in life. In fact, let me just pray a simple prayer, and you can pray with me right now. Just pray with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And you rose from the dead to give me life. I choose to place my hope and trust in you alone. I ask you to forgive my sin and come live in me, filling me with your love, changing me from the inside out. Father, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. I pray that they would grow in this newfound relationship with you, that they would grow in their experience of your transformative love. Now, if you already know Jesus, I I want to invite you into a place of response as well here. This question still applies to you and me here. Where are we placing our hope? Where are you placing your hope? on the latest news, on your financial security, and your life being free from suffering and pain? Or are you placing your hope in Jesus and the glory that awaits you? Are you confidently resting in the love of Christ for you, a love from which nothing can separate you? So Jesus, I want to just pray for all of us here. I pray, God, that you would help us refocus our hope in you And in the glory that awaits us in the future. To place our hope in you and that future glory, not in our circumstances here and now. And I pray, too, that we would experience in the midst of our challenges and sufferings and all that we're experiencing, we would experience more deeply your love for us. Thank you that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, God. So let me just say, if you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus, if you prayed that along with me to receive Jesus, we would love to help you grow in your relationship with him. We're actually starting a virtual online course. It's called Alpha. We're starting it this Tuesday, where you can explore who Jesus is in a safe non-judgmental environment you can ask questions all of that and also if you if you already know Christ or you just came to know him you can grow in your faith in him through the alpha course um so that that course starts this Tuesday you can sign up on our website i encourage you to do that well now let's let's put on some easter lenses as we worship this amazing savior who died for us and who rose from the dead to give us hope and life. He is risen.
2: Yes, Jesus, you are our living hope. Thank you, God, that you have set us free. And I know that today you are setting people free in so many different areas. You are ministering to us individually in our homes. And we thank you that you are our hope, our living hope today. We praise you, we love you thank you for being present with us. Yes. So as we come to a close right now, I just want to remind you once again, we would love to connect with you. And if you're not on social media, this is a great time for you to jump in and engage with us during the week. There's so many things going on. We have our Facebook groups, the Bible connection group, the family connection group. And so please come and continue to engage throughout the week with us because we truly want to continue to be a family connected during this time. So let me dismiss you with a blessing right now. My friends, Christ community, may the God of hope He is the God of hope. May He fill you with all joy and peace. Peace that goes beyond our understanding as you trust in Him, as you place your heart, your trust in Him. And may you overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit in you in jesus name amen be blessed happy easter